Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we are in for a treat. Really excited and fired up about today's episode. Uh, today's guest is a former local standout who started his college career at Sac City Junior College before heading out to Wyoming for one season. From there, he finished out his college career at Cal State San Marcos, recently signed his uh, first pro contract, which we'll get into. Just really excited to get into the journey as well as uh, into his present and future. Uh, Greg Milton III, are you out there, brother? Yes, sir. I'm here. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. No, my man, my pleasure. I'm excited to have you, you know, on the pod. I know you got a lot of, you know, a lot of great things happening in your life right now. So first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on, on, you know, not only on the first professional contract, but also for graduating with your bachelor's in communications, man. So congratulations on that. For sure, man. I really appreciate that. It's just a lot of blessings and it's God's will. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, so listen, I kind of want to, we're going to, we're going to definitely get into the journey, but I want to kind of work a little bit backwards here. Talk to me about, uh, the, you know, the first pro contract, um, just real quick, and I'll, also we'll dive back into it later on in the pod, but talk to me about that and <laughs> how, how that feel to uh, to get that accomplished. Man, I feel relieved, man, just um, just everything you worked for and just the hard work and dedication, man, just it felt great. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's my legacy as my big bro, Aaron Haynes, shout out to him, tells me is, you know, now you start from the bottom now, so it feels really great that I got the contract. I'm very blessed. So I'm thankful for the opportunity, but now it's time to build my legacy and just continue my pro pro career. Absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's just a start, but it's always nice to, uh, you know, still take that time to, you know, celebrate, you know, every accomplishment right along the way. Sometimes we, look at the, we looked at the, at the end of the, the end of the road or actually the end goal and don't, don't actually appreciate the goals, you know, little small goals within it. So um, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's get to this backstory though. Cause you know, I'm ready for some straight talk today. I know a lot of people uh, you know, everybody has different paths to, you know, be, to, to, you know, to aspire to become a pro uh, yours is a little different, you know? And uh, like I said, I think, I think your, your story in itself, like I, I told you when we exchanged a message uh, last week, I think you're, your testimony, your your journey itself is a testimony. So um, let's get let's get into it. Right out of high school, uh, you started off at Sac City Junior College, played for Coach Jones. Uh, talk to me about your decision to go there after finishing up at CO. Uh, just after Simmons High School, I just I wasn't recruited heavy. Um, I got hurt my senior halfway through, so uh, recruitment was very slim. Uh, I really didn't know too much. It's just about the process of college, man. Just everything you knew is just. Division one, division one, and, you know, hopefully coaches recruit you, but you really don't understand that, you know, there's other schools out there that that could possibly be out there and get your name out there. So, unfortunately, I was very under-recruited, didn't have a lot of schools looking at me. So, I was either going prep school or going junior college. I really didn't know too much about prep school. So, I just came down to the wire, and I was just like, um, I chose to go junior college route. At uh, first, I was going to commit to Yuba Community College, but – uh, after I took a visit with Sacramento City College with a uh, shout out to Coach Steve. Uh, Coach Steve, he's uh, been a great person that I've, you know, that I, I love for bringing me into Sac City and always giving me the confidence to be the player I was my freshman year. Uh, told me, he said, you know, if you come into Sac City, man, you, you're going to do what you need to do that you've been talking about, but we're going to get you out, but you got to put the work in. And I trust you as long as you trust me. And 
those words stuck and he kept his word and the rest is history. Absolutely, man. Shout out to Coach Steve, uh, Coach Jones, and the rest of that coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they've uh, they've done a phenomenal job with that program for years, you know. Um, and obviously, and, and you're you're another one of their great success stories. That, that's for sure. Uh, the transition to junior college, uh, especially uh, with you being, you know, the go-to player on the team, ultimate green light. How was that transition uh, from the high school level to junior college? Ah, uh, I think. My whole life I always got the ball, I felt like. I mean, with the teams that I've had, but that transition, I just – I worked extremely hard throughout that summer, especially while I was hurt. I took care of my body. I uh, made sure I locked in the details. And I watched a ton of film on, like, what I need to, to do to be successful in college. And the one thing that I did seriously was I made sure that – I made sure my jump shot was pure. And I knew in high school that I had a decent jump shot. And I haven't had great touch, but I didn't rep it out as much as I feel like I should have. So once I knew, once I got to college and I got the green light and I worked really hard that summer on my jump shot, the the ball started feeling better, started feeling more comfortable. My ball handling got better and uh, the rim just became big like an ocean. And, you know, luckily I was able to show that when I came to junior college and Coach Jones and Coach Steve and the coaches staff were able to see that and see the talent and just gave me the green light. And, you know, from then and there, it's, you know, the rest is history. Like I said, I mean, I, like I said, I broke plenty of records at Sacramento City College. Uh, we won games and we've been through a lot and you know it's different you know when you're coming in as a freshman you're I'm 17 coming into a junior college and I'm playing with a bunch of you know grown men you know this Sacramento City College is it's not a normal junior college where it's just kids are out of high school just going to school no it's it's guys that you know been through a lot you know if it's whatever the streets the law whatever it is you know they you know they just want to you know have that glimpse of hope of playing basketball so um, it wasn't easy but at the same time I I was on a mission and coach Steve and the rest of the coaches staff knew that. And when they gave me the green light, I just went with it. Now you make a good point there being that, you know, obviously 17, really young. You also, you got to consider a lot of bounce backs, you know, people who came back from, you know, D3, D2, D1, NAIA, right. Which happens mm -hmm. locally. You, yeah. know, you, you, you might have a, sometimes you might have a 23, 24 year old teammate. Think about that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, at the junior college level, that is a, a very strong possibility, you know, uh, let me ask you this. What was your mindset going into that freshman season? Uh, like I alluded to in, in the intro, you were able to, uh, you know, transfer and, 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 you know, commit to Wyoming a D1 after one after only one year at Sac City. Was that something that was – was that your goal? Was that a mindset you had going into that, fresh, in, into that freshman year? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, shout out to my pops and my family. Um, they always gave me this mindset. If you manifest something, you truly believe in it. And – be a good person, God will reward his toughest soldiers. And I always stood by that. And it's actually funny that literally when I came and I visited Sacramento City College, we, we sat down in the in a meeting room with Coach Jones and Coach Steve. And me and my dad had a conversation. We were like, and I told him straight up, my dad didn't say a word. And I told Coach Steve, Coach Jones, I said, I'm only going to be here for one year. I looked at them both dead serious with a stone cold face. And I said, I'm only going to be here for one year. Division one. And they looked at me, you know, wasn't – Coach Steve, you know, obviously believed in me, but Coach Jones kind of gave me that look because it's never been done. One one and done in 60 years. But when he knew I was serious, he saw the time I put into the gym, he knew that I was really about it. And it was always an approach. Ever since I came to Sac City, that was always my approach that I need – I want to go to the Division One level. I deserve to be there, and I feel like I am a Division One athlete. And, you know, I prospered in, and I, and I became that, so – 
That's strong, man. That's strong. I, I can hear the even the conviction and the belief in your voice as you're telling that story. Um, that's amazing, though. I just learned something new. So all those years and all those successful players and teams that Coach Jones uh, has had at Sac City, he never had one player go one and done to a D1? Not in 60 years. I was the first player in 60 years to go one and done to a Division One program. Amazing, man. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Setting uh, new benchmarks, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so very successful freshman year, averaged 19 points, five rebounds, close to four assists on very efficient shooting. Um, after that one year, you know, I, you know, after putting up those great numbers, proving yourself at the junior college level, um, how was the recruitment? And ultimately, you know, like I said, you, you did end up being at going to Wyoming University, but was there any other uh, schools looking at you after after your freshman year? Yeah, I mean, I had um, I had Tulane coming into the gym. They recruited me. Um, Fresno State, Portland, University of Portland, Sac State was recruiting me for uh, for a little bit. I had, you know, I had a couple schools, but for the most part, University of Wyoming was the heaviest school that recruited me. And uh, once I took that visit to University of Wyoming, uh, I committed uh, a day later. So I had some schools that were looking at me, but um, I was very close with the assistant coach of University of Wyoming. And once I took the visit, I committed literally a day after. So mainly those four schools, I had a couple schools looking at me. I, I was supposed to take a visit to University of Portland, but unfortunately, like I said, I committed very early as soon as I took the visit. So um, I did have some schools, but I ended up obviously committing. So, Talk to me about the Wyoming experience, uh, you know, being away from home, playing at a D1 as well as playing at a D1 level. Was it was it was it what you imagined it to be? You know, being that that was always something that was your focus, your mindset. Uh, like like you like you said, you went to Sac City. Uh, you know, very clear on your intentions of being out of there after one season. Now that you actually were able to attain that that big goal, was it everything that you expected it to be? And, and also, like I said, also like I said, how was it being away from home? Man, I mean, it was different, man. I mean, like I said, I'm 18 years old, moving away from home in a completely different state where it's very cold and it's not California weather. <laughs> so for me, um, I was ready for it, I thought, at first. But as time went on, it wasn't easy, man. I mean, I love the basketball. I mean, we, we struggled, but I struggled as a player because I was young. And now I could tell my, older, uh, my younger self now is trust the process, you know, and I didn't understand it then as an 18-year-old. And a 19-year-old coming in and – um Man, I mean, yeah. I mean, the basketball was what I thought of it. I knew it was going to be high-level competitive, and it was going to be a lot to take, you know, for me. I knew it wasn't going to be the same, but at the same time, when you're that young, you average so many points your whole life, you know, you, you're arrogant, you're naive to the fact that, you know, that you plan against God, the best in the world. You know, I played against that year at my University of Wyoming. I played against, I think, eight NBA guys that are currently in the league right now, one of them being Desmond Bain. I played mm. against him, and I'm not realizing that as a kid, like I'm playing against guys that are in the NBA that's making really good money. Instead, I'm thinking, oh, I average 20 points or 19 points at Sac City. Why am I not in? Why am I not getting the ball? That was a transition for me that I had to mature and grow up faster. But at the same time, what I did is I made sure that I stayed in the gym. And it was a hard transition because, like I said, I moved, that was my first time moving away from home. It's cold, but at the same time, I've really grown as a person, as a man, as a young man into that transition. I love the basketball, the competitive, competitiveness and the basketball that we played the best. Like I said, I, I didn't play any scrubs. Like we played really good teams from San Diego State that was ranked number four in the nation at the time to TCU to 
Colorado Buffs to Boise State. Like we play, we play some University of South Carolina. We play some really good teams. I play against some guys that are in the NBA. So Man. now I tell, now I tell myself now is, you know, there there's there's levels to it, especially with basketball. But at the same time, you're not too far off. Just keep believing in yourself. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you played against a max player right there. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's a future max player you just played against. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from being that, you know, the go-to guy, ultimate green light, to a much different role. Talk about that role. Uh, you know, definitely, I, I can only imagine how, how humbling that was. Uh, talk to me about the role that you had uh, at Wyoming. Uh, I mean, I came in, I started, man. I, I worked hard. I, I was in the gym. I had kept the same habits that I kept in West Sac City, staying in the gym. Willing nice. to learn. I never talked back to the coaches. I've always said, yes, coach. I always nod my head. I always look the coaches in the eye. And I started, man, I started three, three, four games for, for Wyoming. And, um, but, you know, our senior was hurt. And I didn't, you know, we were losing at the beginning. And I played solid, but I was getting the feel for it. But, you know, we, you know, it's a business at, at the end of the day. And it's not about my feel, it's about results immediately. And no matter, you know, how hard things may get. You know, at the end of the day, the NCAA and everything is business, and you have to contribute now. And we didn't win those games, so they went a different route. And it was probably the most humbling lesson I've learned in my life was that the NCAA, especially at that level, it's a business, and you need to be ready before knowing that you're ready. And in my mind, I thought I was ready, but I didn't know what to expect because I'm experienced, I'm young, I don't know who I'm playing against, I just know I'm playing against high-level competition. So Talk, it was probably hey, t- sorry, go ahead. no. So I'm saying it was it was probably the most humbling experience I've ever uh, encountered, especially losing my starting spot at the beginning of the season. But talk about that for you know for I mean everybody the, the you know the players the parents out there when you when, when you say it's a business let's have some straight talk on that uh, you know let's break that down a little bit what, what are you what are you talking about exactly Uh just business meaning. Like I said, results. I think business equals results, and um, people knowing certain people and making promises on the side. It's just a lot that comes with it. Now, business is about results and about expectations. And if you're not meeting those expectations, then of course you know let you go. And that's what anything in life you have to do things at a very high level if you really want to do it. So what I mean business, I mean expectations. Um, and if you're not meeting it, then you know. They gonna have to let you go, and that's what it is. Strictly business, never personal. Strictly mm-hmm. business, never. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, so uh, talk to me about you know what led. I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but uh, after the one year, what ultimately you know got you? What was the deciding factor that ultimately led you to you know leaving Wyoming after one year um, and actually you know looking for a new home for your mm-hmm. you know, sophomore season? It's funny as you ask because oh, actually, after your, so, for your junior season, I'm sorry for your junior oh, season. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, it's funny as you ask because everybody asks me why did you leave? You know, because it's Division One school, and you know, for me, I was 19 years old, man. Like I said, you're 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 young, you've grown a lot, but at the same time, you still have that naive. When you're a basketball player, you're you're an athlete, you have ego, and you're naive to the fact that you know there's a process with things. And you you know, you see guys going to the NBA. When is my time? When is this? So for me, when I transferred, it was more of a decision that <clears throat> I made off of emotion that I made that was like, I since our whole coaching staff got fired, I felt like I was obligated to leave. 
And um, since that happened, it was just an impulsive decision. And I'm not saying I regret it, but at the same time, it's definitely something that I'll tell myself, like, just just be patient and wait it out and just play your cards mm. and understand what's dealt. And the coach that you did come in and asked me to come back, and I still was upset because I didn't get enough playing time. I felt like I should have gotten it, whatever. And I was like, no, nah, I'm hitting the transfer portal. Now, nobody would have known COVID would have happened. So that that was the decision for me. And obviously, it was too cold, too, for me. I was ready to get back to Cali. So that was another reason. <laughs> but um, mainly, I, I definitely could say I made a impulsive decision off of motion, and that's why I transferred. It's very mature of you to actually acknowledge that looking back at it now, you know. Um, but like you said, you're still young. Um, you, 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 you had certain expectations that, you know, didn't go exactly, you know, as you imagined it and, you know, it, it chalk it up to, uh, chalk it up to, you know, uh, a life lesson, you know, uh, but that being said, that being said, the next, uh, your next stop, which ended up being Cal State San Marcos, talk to me about how, how that came about. Uh, was that, a, was that a school that you, that, that, uh, sought you out or did you, did you specifically look for them or what were you looking for? I know you said you wanted to get back to Cali specifically, but um, you know, were there any specific schools that you were targeting uh, when, it, when, it comes to, when it came to coming back to Cali? Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. I would like to take a moment to talk about Rock Solid Basketball Training and Player Development in Elk Grove, located at 9096 Elk Mountain Way, right off Grand Line Road. Coach Phil Ritchie, former Gold High School standout, all Pac-10 player at Oregon State, and 13-year professional with a coaching resume with the Sacramento Kings, brings a high-level experience and knowledge to the area. Coach Phil Ritchie offers group, individual, AAU team training, and specialized clinics for youth, college, and pro players. And make sure to follow Coach Phil Ritchie on his Instagram at coach underscore Richie. Again, that's at coach underscore Richie. Richie spelled R-I-C-C-I for more information. And go to the website, myrocksolidfitness.com. Again, that's myrocksolidfitness.com to learn more and select basketball training. Yeah, man. I mean, I just wanted to be, when I committed to San Marcos, it was more of a, um, I just want to feel like I was wanted, man. I mean, during that time, during the recruit process, it was COVID, and nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew there was going to be a season. Nobody knew who was going to play basketball. Nobody knew what was going to happen. So, for me, uh, I had a couple calls with coaches, like Division One coaches, and I wanted to get back on the scene. And I, I wanted to go back to Cali. And wanted to go to, uh, I really wanted to go to Fullerton or uh, LMU. But, you know, it's like I said, it's uh, – there's so many basketball players out there hitting the transfer portal and wanting to find a home. And, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen the following season. So uh, I had a couple calls with Fullerton, Southern Utah, uh, Seattle University. Um, I really wanted to go to Seattle U as time went on because I just wanted to feel wanted and be somewhere where I knew I could be somewhere and play, like, and be a factor and just be on that level. But once those schools start, you know, contacting me and everything, I was left with division twos and I just had to come to realization. I was like, you know, I just want to feel wanted and coach Foster, the coach at San Marcos, he's been recruiting me since at a Juco and he was actually the first division two coach that hit me up. And um, he was like, man, like, you know, and I'm really close with Jason, shout out to Jason McCain. That's my brother for life. I love him. Um, he always, he always kept in contact with me and, he was the only reason why I committed to San Marcos was because of Jay. So he said, man, we can do something special here. 
no matter what the level is, but we'll do something special. And the rest of San Marcos is history with me and him and a couple other guys that, you know, that I've been on the team with. And that's why I decided to come into San Marcos. So. Absolutely. And, and, you know, ended up being a blessing for, you know, your last two years. Uh, what, what would you say is the biggest difference coming from, uh, from D1 to D2 uh, at the D2 level? I know, I know it's probably uh, your question you get a lot. Or I, I know that you know, a, lot, a lot of people talk about, you know, different levels to it, but you being that you played at both levels, you know, uh, what mm-hmm. would you say specifically is the difference between D1 and D2? The size. I think the size and the intangible things like maybe the gear and the facilities, but the size of the players. We're talking about style of playing basketball, definitely the size. I mean, you have the guys that are, you know, 6'8", 40-inch verticals, 42, and just dunking everything. The bigs is a difference. And, you know, D2 is not really a lot of, you know, athletic bigs or bigs that's going to wow you. As a Division One level, you're going to get that, or your big size, big that will dunk everything. So, I think the size at the wing position and um, the bigs. I think that's the biggest thing. I think the guards are all very similar at the Division Two. I mean, there's obviously you know guys that are different, like NBA guys, and there's guys that you know that are prime Division One players that are really good Division One players, and there's guys in Division Two that are just as good as Division One players that are guards. But the biggest difference that I can say, and I'm sure anybody else that played Division II or played D1 is the size on the wing position in the bigs. Yeah, it, it, it's always, you know, I've, you know, I've had, you know, plenty, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, a lot of top players, you know, on my pod. And it's amazing because two of the most talented players that, you know, I think I've seen here locally is yourself and Elijah Dupachon, right? And, yeah. and, and, you know, Elijah finished out at a, at a D2 as well. And, uh, and he played D one as well though at Omaha, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and there's been many times where I've seen you guys in workouts, and I've seen you guys in open runs, and uh, you know we're not, and we're not gonna mention any people probably put stuff together, but you went against people that were going to Pac twelve schools, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen you literally dominate. So if I would have walked in and didn't know anything about anything, right? There's yeah. no way you couldn't tell me that you weren't the best player on that court, you For know. Sure. So that's re- and. And I remember that because I'm, and I'm, and not just from a skill set standpoint, but just even physically, you're a, you're a big guard, you know. Yeah. You're, you're big, you physically are imposing, and and and, and I, I've seen you literally dominate cats that were going to Pac-12 schools or going to Absolutely. other, you know, top D1 schools, you know. Absolutely. Um, that's the reason why I, I asked that because I still really feel like there's a lot of D2 players that could easily play D1. Easy. Easy. Right. And then Elijah with his team, uh, I remember when when he was on the pod last, he was talking about there was like six or seven bounce backs, you know, from from like D ones that was on his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you attribute to all that? Yeah, situations, man. Everybody's situation different. Not everybody could be on a division uh, division one team, so I think that can happen. And um, like I said, I know guys that will destroy Pac twelve, <laughs> but situations or he might have gotten trouble with something or it's who you know as well i mean that's very important uh the connections networking very important by the way straight talk uh, very important yes. Net- networking very important so like i said the guards like duplishan which i'm really cool with he um very talented he's the division one guard in my mind division one but yes the situation and you know, him transferring schools and everything, that he ended up at a D2. So it just, you know, doesn't matter. Just play basketball and get your name out there, but you want to play. And 
you know, like I said, it's who you know. It's a business, man. It's not personal, but who you know, network is very important. That's what it is, man. Just, you know, I like I said, I've destroyed guys that play, you know what I'm saying, like that play Pac-12 and et cetera. It's just, it's just what comes with it. And does that be in the back of my mind? Absolutely, but it motivates me. And I think the guards that are out of Division Two when they're successful in their pro careers is because of that motivation. They didn't play Division One. They didn't get that handout, and they always felt like they were under-recruited or under-appreciated, and I feel like I fall on that boat for sure. I mean, it also makes you, you know, wonder whether, you, you know, would you rather go to a D1 program and get limited burn or actually get a, get an opportunity to shine it at D2? Absolutely, man. It's, it's, it depends on the type of player you are. It depends on the type of person. I mean, if you know you're a role player and you're just here just to do your role, help the team win, then – and you could do that at a high level for a Division One program, go ahead. But if you know you want to be the guy, you want the ball in your hands, but you know there's someone in your way in the Division One program, then go D2. I mean, but everybody's situation is different. Everybody can't score 20 points. That's not how it works, you know. I mean, if you get limited burn and you're not playing, but you claim that you play Division One, that's not really saying anything because the only way that you'll get better is by playing in the game, getting that go. exposure. That is the only way. You can do all the training you want, all that, but if you're not playing in a live game setting, then there's no point. You need to play in the game if you're really trying to get better and excel. And not everybody can play, of course, you know, but you need to play in order for you to excel at your game and keep growing and keep growing. And that's where your confidence grows, which is key for basketball. And that's when your knowledge grows in the game and the speed of the game, you get adjusted. So when I when I tell people that, oh, well, I'd rather be at a D1 and sit the bench, I look at them and I, I don't I don't want to cuss on here, but I tell them, yeah, right, because <laughs> you want to play in the game and you want to have fun playing in the game. And those numbers and those results will show. They're not going to show you practice results. So I advise all the young players, man, if you have opportunity to go play basketball somewhere, play a lot of minutes and play, then go to the school that wants you, that where mm. you want to go. Yeah, have your – manifestation of schools you want to go but if they want you and they're telling you come here and ball out do it so that's just go me. no no absolutely man that's what we brought you on for I me mean, uh you know uh go i think that's solid advice man go where you want it what you know very simple concept but what a great feeling right you, you're welcome where you're coveted it's, 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 it's always easier to operate when you're coveted when you're actually wanted you know when you know you're, you know you're going to play a key role uh, on that team, you know, and, 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 and that they believe that you could play that key role on that team. Absolutely. Talk Absolutely. to me about the, talk to me about your game over the two years though, at, at Cal state San Marcos, what do you feel like, your, uh, what part of your game do you think evolved the most during your, during your time there? That evolved, I would say. From the player that you were when you were there and, and, and obviously the player you are now. Man, I just, I see the game so much slower now. It's just, since the fact that I've played in really close games and I've seen the level and I've played in tough games, I've won a championship, I've played in NCAA D2 tournaments, I've just seen the speed of the game and I've gotten the best defenders. So the game now for – I just see it much slower. And I can be able to make reads at a very faster pace at my pace. And I think it helped my scoring a lot and I think it helps me be a better teammate. As feeding my teammate, and I think just defensively. I mean, my school prided took pride in defense both of my years, and I think that really excelled me at being a great defender on and off the ball. So, um, 
like I said, my two years at San Marcos, man, we we made history. Like I said, my first year we won a conference term, uh, conference championship tournament, you know, and I was a big part of that, man. Second leading scorer, second team, and did really did really well. And then senior year, then senior year, senior year, and now I'm just excelling on that. My confidence just grew, and just everything just came to fruition. Just my feel for the game just got ten times better. Uh, my touch on my just my feel with. You know, just where the defenders could be at the bigs, so you know, high finishes, just visualizing, you know, just the next level. If the bigs are there, working on my left and right hand finishes, just just everything, man. I just worked on so much these past two years of just being in the gym a lot that just my confidence just keep on growing and growing and gave me the opportunity to keep playing at the professional level. Absolutely, man. You put in the work and and the numbers, you know, obviously, you know, we're we're living proof of that. Uh, led the team in scoring 17 points a game with second on the team in rebounds, assists. Uh, what was what, what was your number one highlight in, as, from an individual standpoint and then as a team standpoint this past season? Hmm. From individual, I would say winning player of the week and scoring 30 points against the top team in the country, Santa Bernardino. Mm-hmm. I think that was my individual as a team. I would say as a team, getting that first win in the conference tourney, uh, in a Division II conference tourney, our first win ever in an NCAA D2 for San Marcos, I think that was, as a team, that was the biggest accomplishment that we could have had, for sure. By by, Because we've been through so much at the beginning of the season, and to be able to just bounce back and win that game, and I think that was the biggest thing for my for my team, for sure, and I really appreciate that. In the record books again, man. You, you're setting you're, you're setting new standards and benchmarks. It seems like everywhere you go, man, that's always a good trend. Uh, so since the season ended, talk to me about the work that you put in uh, to obviously help you know prepare you. Uh, I know I, I know you were here locally for a little bit, at least uh, here in Elk Grove or Sacramento, Galt, wherever you want to consider this local. But um, you know, doing some work. Uh, so you know, what exactly have you been up to to help you know prepare yourself for your pro career? Just surrounding myself with just people that make me better. I mean. I just want to give a huge, huge shout out to uh, Phil Ritchie. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Rasheed Cam, Elamon Diallo, Aaron Haynes. I want to give a shout out to all those guys because without them, I wouldn't be the confident and the most polished player that I am right now. And it continue to be polished. They humble me. They let me know what I need to work on and how I should do it. And I'm a student of the game. I listen to everything they say. And what I've just been doing is I, I do, like I said, at least two or three workouts a day first five six days a week and I lift and I run and I make sure I get my shots up I make sure I get my skill work with them but um for me it's mental too just the mental capacity just to keep going because when you're trying to go through the professional process it's a waiting game it's not you have to wait and see what team really likes your game to give you the opportunity so for me this offseason was just falling in love with the process of working out of just working out, working out, working out, fall in love that everything will be okay. And not a lot of people can do that. It's tough not knowing where your next destination could be, and you're just working out blindly, not knowing what's going to happen next. But at the same time, it gave me a mental approach, like keep working and God's watching. You know, God's watching your every move, and he's going to bless you if you keep going. It may not be now, but it will be soon. And it was tough for me at first, and, I, and a lot, a lot of other players can vouch for me. But your time will come, and just trust it. So that that is the biggest thing this summer is to keep working. As Phil Ritchie told me from the beginning, it's going to be the most boring 
process of your life like is boring you don't know what's going to happen he told me that he said nephew it's it's going to be boring i'm telling you and i didn't understand that then. i'm like no nah, i'm gonna get a spot because i did so well like i said i did really well my senior year but he's telling me he's like look like i was i had accolades too at oregon state but i still didn't get a tryout or this and that and all that it is a boring process but get your name out there and keep working it is a boring process trust me and I didn't understand it until as time goes on throughout the summer, you're just constantly working out. You don't know what's happening. People are asking you what's next and all that. <laughs> it's deflating, but his, his words really always stuck with me. Aaron Hayes said the same thing. Stick to the course. It always stuck with me. All of those guys, I really appreciate them, and that they've helped me a lot this summer. So talk to me exactly then how the opportunity came about. You can go ahead. I mean, I, I didn't know if I was at liberty to announce it earlier. So I was going to wait for you uh, to tell everybody, you know, where you, where you did, uh, you know, where, where you're headed to for your first, you know, with your first pro contract. And how did that whole situation come about? Man, I mean, I signed with my agent pretty early. I mean, he um, signed with him probably, I think, April. But, man, um, they, they called. They really liked my game. I mean, Throughout this process, I had a lot of teams be interested in me, but, you know, find somebody else. And it's tough, you know, being an American. There's only a certain amount of Americans being on a roster. But uh, I just got the call a couple of days ago, talking with the coach, and they really loved my game. They said, you know, they they really would, would love to put the ball in my hands. And, you know, when I was on the phone, I said, yeah, I would love that too. So, uh, <laughs> and they were very genuine with that and. They were like, you know, we're, we're, this is not a league that, you know, you you stay in for career or whatever, but this is a league where you could build up. And that was the biggest thing for me because that's what I want to do. I want to continue to build my legacy as a person. Um, the the team that I am signing with, that I already signed with, was, was AB Conter in Luxembourg. Uh, they're in the first league in, uh, in Luxembourg. And, uh, hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. When it comes to your CBD, quality matters. For all natural relief, visit simplegardencbd.com. If 2020 taught us anything, it's how important our mental and physical health is. Simple Garden CBD specializes in third-party lab-tested, premium-quality CBD products that deliver consistent potency and purity you can count on. Utilizing industry-best extracting methods and ingredients, Simple Garden CBD is proof that not all CBD is created equal. Go check out their amazing lineup of premium CBD vapes, great-tasting full-spectrum, and THC-free tincture oils, as well as their delicious Delta 8 gummies that are absolutely amazing. And don't forget, they also carry some of the latest vape battery technology and designs on the market. So shop now at SimpleGardenCBD.com and use discount code STRAYHAND15 and save 15% on your order. That's right, I said it. Save 15% on your order using discount code STRAYHAND15. Get your order in now and experience the amazing benefits of premium quality CBD for yourself. Add Simple Garden CBD to your health and wellness regimen today. Real CBD, real results. Yes, yeah, I'm excited, man. I just signed yesterday. Got the got the paperwork. Tell my family, and I'm very blessed, man. And I'm very blessed. You know, one of my teammates from my junior year actually played at Lexburg last year, this past year, and um, he's telling me all about it. He's giving me like a little heads up about it, and you know, it's just an opportunity that's bittersweet. But at the same time, I know that it's time to get to work, and the results would need to happen because I'm a pro now, and it's not college where you know it's. I'm a pro. I have to. This is my job. This is what I need to do. So, 
that's where I'm at right now. And I'm just very blessed. I just, you know, I just want to thank everybody that's been part of this journey, but it's time to keep going. No, it's amazing, man. Honestly, it, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I met you, man, with three, four years back, I actually met you during COVID, right? So that's three years, it was yeah. three years. And uh, it's funny because today when I was looking at your Instagram um, on your bio, you put pro Hooper on there. Right. And, and I, 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 yeah, I know. And I, I kid you not, man. I literally just looked at it. And I was just smiling for like, I don't know, a couple of minutes, man. And uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, eventually I, my buddy who was the next to me. He's like, <laughs> what are you smiling at? I was like, man, my guy did it, you know? Yeah. Um, it, Cause I remember, you know, like I so said, when we met, it was over COVID, you know, we mm-hmm. were at the outdoor courts and, you know, obviously my son, I think a couple of his, obviously a couple of his buddies were playing. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, you and I built our friendship and uh, it's, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's been amazing. It's been a blessing, man. It's been amazing to see, uh, you know, obviously on the the, la- the stretch run of the journey, of course, but obviously getting to know you and uh, no, it's it, like you said, it's not, it's not the, the marathon continues, right? It's not over, but obviously it's a huge accomplishment. Not too many people are able to, to call themselves pro basketball players to be able to get paid to play the game that they love, a game that they're passionate about. Um, no, it's just amazing. Let me ask you this. Uh, that being said, I mean, how much time do you exactly have before you, you got to, you know, take off here? Well, that's still a discussion right now, but okay, I think okay. the, our first scrimmage is August 31st, so I'm leaving pretty soon, I think, like, in a week or two. So, uh, Family excited. I, I can only imagine your dad, dad, everybody, um, mom, everybody excited. Yeah. They, what's the plan? Are they going to come out there eventually and, and catch, some, catch some games or what? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to come out. They're going to have no choice. I'm making them. <laughs> but, um, man, my family is just ecstatic, man. I mean, they know the work I've put in time and time in, and especially my pops, man. I mean, me and my pops been through so much with this basketball. And my pops, you know, I can, I can gladly say, man, we we did this basketball stuff on our own growing up. You know, he, mm. he started the AAU stuff by himself. And, you know, he he wanted me to be an example. He always motivated me to keep going. Yeah, he was roughing me at times. But one thing he always told me now is, man, son, you always listened. Like, no matter, like, all the times that we bicker and all that, but what makes you really great is that you listen. And you never count people out. And me and my dad, man, we just have that connection. He's just very proud, but, you know, we have an end goal. You know, we we celebrate our small victories, but at the same time, we have that end goal, that manifestation. And he's very proud of me. He's happy. He, he can't wait. My family, same with my aunties, my mother, she, she's excited. I, like I said, I head back to Sacramento on Monday and or Sunday, but they're – you tell them about it. They're excited. I, I, I can't even put it to words. All I can just say is just I'm proud of myself, and um, I'm proud that you know I have the family that that they're there for me, that that love me unconditionally. I, I can't stress it stress it enough that a village is very important for 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 a man, especially a young black man. I think that's very important having a village. And I know you've always spoken with such great pride when it comes to your dad, man. And uh, it, like I said, that's also um, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you, you know, you have that kind of like us against the world type of mentality, even though obviously you have a village, but you get what I'm talking about. Uh, when comes to, uh, all it takes is that one person to believe in you. And, and if that person happens to be someone like your dad, that makes it even more special. And like I said, I can only imagine how he's feeling, man. Cause as you know, I, I have a son that aspires to play basketball. Right. And I can only imagine yeah. if, if, if the boy gets, becomes a, 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 if he could put that on his bio, no, I'm playing. if he can be a pro player. So I can only imagine that obviously, you know, uh, how proud he is, you know, journey and the hard work. Um, and you know, the 
the uh, the the destination wasn't always smooth or as planned, but you stayed the course, you know, and and look where you're at now, man. So um, it, 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 you know, it's funny. I um, I went back and actually, let me read this back to you, man. I so very early on when I started this podcast years ago, um, I think it's over a little three over three years ago. You were actually on very early, and I and I want to read this to you because I didn't realize I did this, man, uh, until actually. Uh, so actually today man let me give me one sec let me pull this up here and in in the details of the podcast let me read this to you man um i put uh i I won't read the whole thing but the tail end of it i say he's going he's he's now back home in california to finish out his last two years of college and looking forward to a pro career i put Mm -hmm. that i put that in details man and Mm -hmm. i put that because obviously it's all you spoke when we spoke Mm -hmm. there was there was it was just irrefutable, you know, that you were going to be a pro, man. I could just tell mm-hmm. the way the, the way you carried yourself, the way you spoke, like you said, you spoke it into existence, you manifested it, and, and now we're here, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, you, j- just as planned, man. And it's 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 like it's like you already <laughs> lived the situation, and we're here. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's that's why just the manifestation. I mean, when you believe in yourself, you have people that feel like that tell you that you can do it. Is you know it's pretty especially like I said a father figure is very important in a person's life and my dad always instilled that in me like son like the world is in your hands it's up to you and I just always stuck with that man so thank you. <laughs> Let me ask you this I mean uh, some co- couple final thoughts before we end, end with the rapid fire uh, you know Q and A that I always end with just to have some fun at the end the end of the podcast. Um, uh, being that you know I know it's very cliche asking this but would you? If you had to do this all over again, would you have wanted to do the journey any other way? Being that you, the, all the different life lessons you've learned, not even just, you know, as a player, but as a person throughout this process. Uh, I want it because <laughs> this journey is my journey. It makes yes. me who I am. So mm. I don't live life with regrets. I think this journey is meant for me. And no, I don't, I want to go back and do anything. I think this is the journey for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. If you had, obviously, if you go, I mean, looking back at it, has your outlook, and, I, and I'm asking this because, you know, obviously a lot of young fellows out there, a lot of aspiring basketball players, basketball is huge, as you know, especially here locally. Uh, has your outlook and mindset on D2 and even JUCO changed from w- what it was when you were in high school? For sure. I think I think I'm the prime example of can tell kids if they want to go play college basketball, they should come talk to me. <laughs> if you want to play college basketball at any level, no matter mm. what it is, I think I am the prime example who you should come talk to first. So my mindset has definitely changed on junior college basketball and Division two basketball, even NAIA. Yes. Everything's changed. I don't think the same like how I used to when I was 17, 18 years old. Now, I do believe shoot for the stars, but I also believe in being real with yourself. I also believe in that. Is your situation like this person's? Don't compare, but at the same time, is your situation meant to be for this? If not, doesn't hurt. Go somewhere else. Find a new route. But I think, you know, my mindset's changed. I think I'll be the perfect example for anybody to, if they want to talk about college basketball or just being an athlete in general at you know at any level, I would be the prime example to help them. No, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, last question, very last question before we get to the fire, uh, rapid fire Q and A. Short term goal, uh, you know, let's say this next year. Long term goal, three to five years. What you got for me? Gets with the NBA. <laughs> that's that's my uh that's my short and long term goal. Just to get to the NBA, uh, or just get to the top year uh year league. 
the top league in Europe. So that, that's so my this, goal. So this this first pro contract is is just literally just the just the start. Just the start. I love it, man. I love it. I mean, hey, sometimes it don't gotta be that deep. It don't gotta be that in depth. It can be just very crystal clear and short to the point. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, rapid fire Q and A, man. We're gonna end up with some fun. Uh, just first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, what's your go to move? Heavy pool. Uh, what you know? What are you listening to right now on the way to your? Actually, on the way to your workout today. Larry Joe, Hotel Bel Air. Oh, uh, favorite Larry Juno uh, song of all time. Thirty Day Run. Man, of all time? Yep, 30 Day Run. That's, well, that's my opinion, 30 Day Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. your favorite. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you weren't playing, uh, if you weren't a pro uh, basketball player, which you are now, I could officially call you that, uh, what sport would you want to play professionally? Football. Football. Did you ever play football in high school, middle school? Not high school, but middle school. Okay, got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Yeah. What, 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 what position do you play? I play safety and wide receiver. Oh, makes sense. Uh, favorite class that you took in college? Ooh. <laughs> favorite class? Hey, I'm uh, a communications major, man. We have a lot of good comps classes, man. I saw that. I was proud of you, boy. You know, uh, communication. Um, <laughs> um, 320, I believe. I think it was like, uh, what was it? It was, um, it was like mass media. That was like my favorite one. I don't know why. I just loved it. Like mass media. That was my favorite one. No, that's awesome. Man. I, that, I actually graduated with, with the emphasis of mass media. So I, yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, uh, two more. Favorite shoe of all time. Basketball shoe. OBAs. And last one, brother. We're going to wrap up. No more advice you have for aspiring basketball players. I asked this before. I always ask it again. Uh, you know, I think I think these are gems and nuggets that, you know, uh, are, are real, you know, real specific to, you know, what you, you feel is the, is the number one device that, you know, th- they should be taking in, but what's the number one advice you have uh, for aspiring basketball players out there to get, to extend their career past high school? We'll be that trust specific. In, trust in God and believe in yourself and work on your game. Man, you know what? That's really all you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, sim- sim- simply put, man, G milk, man. I, I appreciate you, man. I'm proud of you. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we were able to get uh, the timing of this is impeccable. Got to, you know, get this pod going a day after the pro contract. I mean, how amazing is that? This is going to be the first episode of season three. So it's Absolutely. Always gonna be, that's always going to be memorable. Look at you. You're setting history with me too, bro. There you go. You're saying, yes, sir. You're, you're always saying new marks. So um, <laughs> but, but, but I, really, I really appreciate you uh, making the time and, and getting on the pod, brother. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. It was a blessing. And we're going to catch up soon, man. I really appreciate that. And, you know, your son, your family, whatever, you know, they – you know, I love them all, man. Especially your son Malachi is great. You know, the great things will come to him if he ever needs advice or anything. Just you know, he can come to me. So if you ever need anything uh, too from me, same thing for my family. So it's all I love. It. It. I love it, man. I love it. Well, guys, listen. I just want to thank you guys for hopping on for another episode of Straight Talk with Strayhand. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we before we get on to that, if you want, you know, continue following uh, uh, Greg's journey, you could go ahead and follow him out on the gram at imgmilt. I m i a m g milt. M-I-L-T, I-M-G, Milt, on, on Instagram. Any, any, you want to follow me anywhere else, G? Are you uh, Twitter, anything else, or is that pretty much it? Instagram's fine, just Instagram. Oh, there you go, you. there you go. Continue, uh, like I said, guys, thank you for plugging in for another uh, another episode of Straight Talk with Straight Hand. Continue having a blessed day, guys. God bless. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strahan podcast. And if you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button and make sure to follow him on Instagram at Strahan, S-T-R-A-Y-H-A-N-D. And we will catch you on the next episode.